Hey, welcome back to Travel Time. Today we're going to be continuing on on our national park adventure where we went to Glacier, Yellowstone, and Grand Teton. But in the last episode, we talked a little bit about our trip to Glacier specifically. And from Glacier, we continued on to Yellowstone. We So we woke up at Glacier, Mini Glacier Lodge, and drove down to Yellowstone. That pretty much takes up a whole day. So if you're planning to do something like we did, where you fly in near Glacier and then fly out of Jackson, go ahead and plan an entire day for the trip down from Glacier to Yellowstone. We didn't even make any stops except for meals, and it took up pretty much the whole day. It's almost seven-hour drive, about six hours and 45 minutes technically, but obviously if you add in meals and things, it took us about eight hours because we stopped for both lunch and dinner. We were headed, our ultimate destination was the Old Faithful Snow Lodge. So we were, went into the park and a little ways. So some of the driving was also in Yellowstone itself. We actually drove as far as Choto, Montana, had lunch at John Henry, which was a really nice little restaurant. It was, it looked like it was probably on like their main street, but it was a small town I really liked this restaurant. So if you're, if you're doing this drive and you shop in Choto, it's a very nice restaurant as far as for stopping. The food is pretty casual. The atmosphere is casual. But the food was really good. It was hot. And the service was quick and friendly. So I definitely recommend this place. We thought it was really nice because uh, one of my sons is into soccer and they were playing the World Cup. So we actually could relax, watch some World Cup before we got back on our way. So yeah, definitely would stop there again if we did the same trip again. We continued to drive and then we entered via West Yellowstone. Actually stopped in West Yellowstone before we entered the park and went ahead and had dinner because we knew we still had some driving left in the park and had heard about summer trafficking Yellowstone. So weren't sure if it would be a quick trip into the Old Faith area, or if there might be like backups and things. So just to be safe, we stopped and we ate at a place called Buffalo Bar. It was just right on the way in. We hadn't picked in advance. We just saw it, thought it looked interesting and ate there. So we were really happy with our choices. The kids and my husband got ribs and tacos. I actually got a pub steak and wasn't my favorite I wish I'd gotten the ribs. So next time, if I go there, I will definitely get the ribs instead. We were there, as I've mentioned before, we had two teens and the atmosphere there was fine for that. Not a lot of kids under the age of probably 12. So I don't know. I'm sure kids are allowed, but I don't know how many kids actually go there, I guess is what I'm saying. I think as the evening goes on, it's probably a lot more adult, even if the kids aren't there, because it's very, it has a very bar atmosphere. I just mentioned that in case you don't like to take your kids to bar type places. It does have kind of that feel, but the kid, my teens loved it and they loved the food there. So that part was fine. We actually proceeded in from West Littlestone. So that was the first time we entered the park and we were staying in the park for the whole week. A lot of people do stay in West Yellowstone and kind of make that our base. But we had decided to stay in Yellowstone to cut down on a little bit of the driving time into the park each day. So we were staying at the Yellowstone Old Faithful Snow Lodge. I will mention that we booked this at the maximum amount of time out you can book it. I think it was a little over a year. I'm really glad we did because on the day we called, our first choice was Old Faithful Inn. And then our second choice was the Snow Lodge. Old Faithful Inn was booked within moments of it opening. I called exactly at the time it opened, and it was booked within probably about five to ten minutes of reservations opening, I would have to guess. So we did book at the Snow Lodge, and we actually got a cabin, and we were really happy with that choice. Um, it was really nice to have that. It was kind of like a base of operations for our trip. 
It was, the size was nice. There's no kitchen or anything like that in these cabins. They're fairly rustic, but they do have two beds. They have a dresser and a little table where you can eat if you brought food back. And of course, a little bathroom. So they're bigger than a regular hotel room and they're kind of off. I think it was four cabins in each building, but you're basically kind of feel like you're off on your own. Some buildings only had two cabins. We really liked it. And it, we actually, the cabin that we got, it was nice because it had windows on two walls and it was a pretty hot trip still, not as hot as Glacier, but it was pretty hot. So it was nice to have the two sides with windows because we got a really nice cross breeze through there, no matter which way the wind was blowing. And that, that proved to be really nice. The other nice thing was there was a convenience store, just a short walk, I would say about a 10th of a mile or a block from our cabin. And it had quick bites. So you could get snacks or you could get relatively simple breakfast things. They had a countertop that was selling breakfast sandwiches that were kind of made to order. Or you could pick things up out of the refrigerator, things like that. And I believe we had a fridge in the room, but I can't, I can't remember that. So I can't say that for sure. It, and it also had like souvenirs and things like that. The lobby and pub areas of the Snow Lodge were also nice. Um, and we're just a short walk from our cabin. The other nice thing was, although we couldn't see it from our cabin, our cabin was a short walk to Old Faithful because you could just walk either through the Snow Lodge and over to Old Faithful or where the convenience store and gas station where you could actually just walk past that and you could see Old Faithful from the gas station, basically. So that was a really nice piece about it, too, because it, it, I'll mention it again later, probably, but I think the nicest thing about staying at Old Faithful area was there's kind of always something going on. There's always different geysers going off. And if you visit on one day, you might see a few geysers go off, but you won't see all of them go off, even the most regular ones. But if you're staying there, you have a better odds of seeing more because you you might take a walk in the morning or the evening before you head out to wherever you're doing that day. And there were several geysers that that's how we saw them erupt. We didn't see them on the day we spent at the geyser area. We saw them, you know, in the evenings or things like that when we were maybe sitting on a porch watching watching geysers erupt. On the way to Old Faithful Snow Lodge, we actually stopped at the artist paint pot area. We got there around seven. And just to kind of illustrate the difference between morning and evening and kind of the busier times of the day in Yellowstone, Yellowstone was quite busy when we were there. When we stopped at the artist paint pots, there were almost no cars in the parking lot at all. The parking lot was almost completely empty. And so we had no trouble finding a place to stop. There were hardly any people on the trail through the paint pots. It was just kind of a nice introduction on our way in to some of the geothermal features and just kind of a low-key trail. The bubbling mud pots were still something um, boys mentioned later in the trip that was an interesting feature that they saw. And that was literally the first day when we walked in. There are a couple geysers in that area, too, that were going off while we were there, they're smaller geysers. The advice I would have is it was very interesting and I liked going there. It It was Definitely a nice little introduction to the area. If you're only in Yellowstone for one or two days, which in my opinion is a very short time to be in Yellowstone because there's so much to see. But if you're only in there for one or two days, this is one that you might want to skip and save for when you're there at another time. Because it will take time away from seeing some of the kind of iconic things of Yellowstone. So it kind of depends on what you want to see. But this is one that'll take a little time out of your day. Worth it, in my opinion, if you're there for a longer trip. But if you're there for just a day or two, that might be one of the things that you pass on and come back to on another trip. The one thing I will mention is the Old Faithful Snow Lodge has a restaurant called Obsidian. They're in the Snow Lodge. And in the wintertime, it takes reservations for dinner. You can make them in advance. But 
doesn't take reservations in the summer. You don't really need them for breakfast. It was never really busy when we went there for breakfast and we ate there every day, I think, except one that we were staying in the area. One day we went over and had breakfast sandwiches at the convenience store because we were heading out earlier than the restaurant was opening. But for the most part, we ate there. My advice for breakfast is that the buffet is pretty minimal by hotel buffet breakfast standards. Like it was whatever egg they had that day, a breakfast meat, maybe two and one either pancakes or French toast and then like fruit. There were not a lot of choices on the buffet. And honestly, we ate the buffet on the first day. And it was fine. One of the people, I think my oldest son ordered off the menu because he wanted something specific and his food came almost as fast as the buffet food came. So the next days we actually just ordered off the menu because we got more of what we wanted for actually less price in some instances, or at least the same price. So it kind of depends on what you're looking for, but I would probably check out the buffet before you order it because if you're used to big buffets with lots of different choices, like I mentioned at Glacier, there was a buffet in the Tarmigan dining room and it was pretty, it was a good buffet. They had a lot of different choices. Not the case here. We did eat one dinner there and I will say without the reservations, we went late. It was not really quote unquote dinner time. It was kind of an off time, uh, close to seven, I think. And there was still about an hour wait at that time for dinner. So if you do go for dinner, just know that you're going to have a long wait in the summer. Um, I think what we had is on the shorter end of weights and we ate there for dinner to try it out, not realizing that. And probably in retrospect, if I were back at that hotel staying for a couple of days and going to dinner, I'd probably go to the old faithful cafe instead. But yeah, the food was good. I, it's not at all because the food wasn't good. The food and the selection were both really good. And we enjoyed kind of the relaxing atmosphere versus carrying a tray around and things like that. Just my two cents on that one. So this was the day, the first day we were in Yellowstone, as far as waking up in Yellowstone, we were, had decided to do geysers. And our plan was to get up in the morning. I have three that like to sleep in a little bit. So it's hard to get an early start, even though I do manage to get them out sort of early. So the plan was to have breakfast, go over and see the Midway Geyser Basin before it got too busy, and then come back and do all the geysers at Old Faithful since we were staying there. So I actually woke up fairly early and everyone else was still sleeping. So I went for a walk before breakfast and I ended up watching Old Faithful erupt um, by myself. And it was just me and probably about 15 to 20 people because it was about seven in the morning. And that was actually kind of nice watching it with just a few people. But after that, I came back and the boys were up. So we went over to breakfast at Obsidian while my husband got ready. And we ended up driving over to the Midway Geyser Basin as planned I will say by this time, it was between 9 and 9.30 that we got to Midway Geyser Basin. And I'm very glad we went early because obviously Grand Prismatic Spring, which is in that basin, is a huge iconic thing for Yellowstone and lots of people go there. So it's very, very busy, very, very early. We we had no, not a lot of trouble. We got in, a lot was really crowded, but we found a space um, I won't say no problem because there were only like two spaces in the lot, but we actually got a space in the lot. 
About 15 minutes later, we looked over towards the parking lot, no spaces in the parking lot, and cars were parked along the side of the road for about a tenth of a mile in either directions. Very glad we got there when we did, and I would say if we had gotten there any later than 9.15, 9.30, it would have been pretty bad. We saw several people slowing down to turn in, and they were directing traffic that they had to pass, and I guess, come back later. Yeah, definitely my advice there is the earlier, the better you can get to that area. The parking lot is not big, so it does not support a lot of people right in that area. So we went on the little the trail that goes through the Midway Geyser Basin. And so the geysers and features on this trail include the Excelsior Geyser, the Grand Prismatic Spring, the Opal Pool, and the Turquoise Pool are the main ones. The geysers are... Well, I say geysers. There's only one geyser, but it it was a really cool geyser. I do recommend reading kind of the panels and the history of the area because there were some interesting stories along the way of different things that had happened in the area. The Excelsior geyser, which is now mostly dormant, has they actually call it a dormant one, but there are a couple more kind of recent activities that I'll mention. Kind of an interesting hill history. It um was really active in the 19th century and up to 1901 and erupted uh, frequently. So and most of them were, I guess, 100 feet high with a few reaching eruption, three reaching over 300 feet. So it was a pretty big geyser at the time. They actually believe that eruptions were so powerful that it actually damaged its own internal plumbing, so to speak. And now it's more of a productive hot spring most of the time. Right now, kind of as a dormant feature, it expels 4,000 to 4,500 gallons of 199 degree water directly into the Firehole River every minute, which I found that to be amazing. It is it is a big area, but that was pretty interesting to me. It has had some activity since 1901. In 1985, it actually went active for three days from September 14th to 16th. And there were some small, like 30 to 80 foot eruptions that were about 100 feet wide, but relatively short. And they lasted about two minutes each. And then they had in 2004 to 2006, they had some violent boiling that they actually classified as eruptions, but they were only five to 10 feet off the ground. So it does have a little bit of activity. It's nowhere near the activity it used to have kind of in its heyday. It was a, apparently a pretty big landmark at one point going through the park as far as the eruptions and things like that. The biggest reason people stop at this stop and why it is so busy, though, is the Grand Prismatic Spring. So this is the spring that you see in a lot of pictures of Yellowstone with kind of the rainbow rim around the pool. And um, yeah, so one thing that I would say before I even start in this area is the one thing I wish we'd had more time for was to take the Fairy Falls Trail up to the overlook so we could see it from above. And that is one thing, it's a, kind of at the top of my things I would do next time um, when I go to Yellowstone, is I'd make time to make sure I do the trail. I probably would skip the Midway Geyser Basin altogether on that one and go up on the trail since I've already been to the Geyser Basin. The thing that is so cool about this is obviously the colors are amazing and they do fluctuate. They're the result of a mi- microbial mats around the edges of the mineral-rich water. And they produce colors from green to red. And it depends on the ratios of different things in the microbial mats. But in the summer, they tend to be more red to orange. 
And I guess in the winter, they tend to be more of a deep green. So those the at any given time when you visit it, it could look different than the other times you've seen it. The center itself is sterile because the heat is so extreme in this in this pool. But the whole pool is around 370 feet wide and about 160 feet deep. The middle is just clear, clear blue because the water is sterile. So there's not nothing else in there to kind of change up the color. The, um, the, the other, this one looks a little bit, it's bigger than the geyser basin, at least it's what it looked like, but it discharges 560 gallons per minute of 160 degree water, uh, versus the 4,000 plus that the geyser basin, uh, the Excelsior geyser basin did. So we, we spent a little bit of time in that area, the smaller pools, um, the opal pool and the turquoise pool are beautiful. They're a little, um, they're, they're visually interesting, but the store, there aren't as many stories and things like that to take in with those. So we returned back to the old faithful area and spent the rest of the day. Well, we plan to spend the rest of the day going around the upper and lower geyser basins, but we first stopped for lunch because by the time we got back, it was probably about 1130, 11. We figured we would beat some of the main lunch rush, go ahead and eat, um, rather than going out on the trail and having to come back to eat. We stopped in for lunch at the Old Faithful Cafeteria. I would say this is a good selection. They had a good selection of different kinds of food. Several of us got rice bowls, which were very well done. You could get rice or noodles, and then they had, you could pick your protein, prick, pick different things you wanted in it, prick your sauce. And we really enjoyed those. They also had, you know, your standard burgers and things like that. But it was nice to have kind of a healthier option in, in the park. The only thing I didn't like was that the whole drink situation was a little confusing because they had bottled drinks and things before you got to the cash register. All the fountain drinks were outside, but it wasn't, at least the day we were there, they didn't have the cups in a place that was really obvious. So you could grab a cup, pay for the drink on your way out and then get your fountain drink. So that part was a little bit confusing in my mind, but I think it might've just been that day. So that was, that was that we had, we finished up there with, we went to, there's a bake shop and an ice cream parlor right outside the cafeteria. And so we got, some of us got ice cream, some of us got cookies and we went out on the porch of the bake shop and ice cream parlor and watched Old Faithful Rapture because right as we walked out, it started to go off. So we stayed, we stayed there for a few minutes and watched that. And then there's a trail that goes around the back of Old Faithful into the upper geyser basin. We went ahead and went on that trail. We actually um, did it while we kind of finished watching it erupt. So as we were walking around, we could see it, it at this time of day, as opposed to when I saw it erupt at seven, there were people everywhere. So all the little bleachers they have in front of old faithful were full. People were standing like all the way around anywhere. There was a boardwalk around it. People were standing and watching it. So it was a little bit more congested. Beehive geyser, was active and looked like it was about to go off. But the whole time we were there, it didn't. And the whole time we were there that day, it didn't. Another morning I was walking over there before we went out on the rest of our day exploring. And I did get to see it erupt on a different day. But on that particular day, I missed it. I will say when that one erupted, it, it's like a train whistle. It shoots super high up in the air, super fast. And um, it's just the power in it is just crazy. So we were, we had a good time. I had really enjoyed seeing that. My mom had mentioned to me that when she went several years back, that was her favorite geyser and they had seen it erupt a couple of times. 
but um, so I was, I was going to be disappointed if I hadn't seen it. The like I mentioned before, that was kind of what I liked about staying in the old faithful here area was we got to see more geysers erupt because of it because we would take we you know if we got back early. Uh, we would like one night we ate dinner at the old faithful Inn, and that night we got back earlier than other nights. So while we were waiting for the time for our table, we just walked around and looked at, looked at geysers. And there were several mornings when I was the first one up and waiting for everybody to wake up where I walked around and looked at them. So I did really love that about that hotel. Um, so we, we, on the path we had, um, we took, we just watched us out of the small ones, a lot, several of the kind of tiny geysers were going off on and off during the, during the way through, we had a couple people that kind of got hot in our group and went back to the cabin to rest for a little bit. But my youngest and I stayed out for quite a while and we got to one grand geyser and a couple people were kind of sitting there waiting, you know, just, it looked like they were kind of waiting and it had a sign up. It erupts, I guess, every six to eight hours, pretty predictably. And they had a sign up that the last eruption was six hours ago. So we stayed um, to see if we could wait it out. And we waited quite a while, but our patience paid off. So we, I, th- I want to say we waited probably close to an hour. And we, but it, it did pay off because it did erupt. And it was in my, it was my favorite geyser to watch erupt the whole time I was there. It was, it's one big geyser and two smaller geysers next to it. And so there's one called the turbine geyser that starts to go off a little while before grand goes off within the hour before. And we found out later, that's why a lot of people had started gathering because turbine was going off. And so they knew that it was like one to two hours before it would erupt because turbine was going off. So we, we stayed the, the eruptions at this geyser can go up to 200 feet and they let, but they last for nine to 12 minutes. And actually we saw this one erupt three times over the week we were there this time that my son and I saw it. And then later that same evening, my older son wanted to see it because he heard us talking about it. And then another day we got there and it was um, really close to erupting. So we went over and watched it a third time. And the, one of the times we watched it, it actually erupted for almost 30 minutes. It was, um, it would start and then it would kind of start the whole cycle over again and then start the whole cycle over again, which I guess it does, but not necessarily all the time. And it it, it went on for so long, we almost left while it was going on because it took so long. But I would definitely wait this one out. It it goes off in a series of like one to four bursts. Sometimes it's just one, like the first time we saw it. And sometimes, like I said, it kind of restarts itself and keeps going. And kind of as it finishes and while it's going off, this other little um, glacier that I, or geyser, that's I think was called the valve. Um, geyser started going off too and they, they just kind of go it's a really good kind of show and there's benches there that you can sit on we also s- tried several times to catch castle going off but it's apparently fairly regular but the entire trip we were there we never actually were able to catch it going off we did just miss giant and giant but giant goes off like every couple weeks so the fact that we missed it meant we weren't going to get to see it on this trip and we saw, we did see Grotto Geyser going off as well, though. It's fairly regular, but not regular enough that they have like a sign that says it'll probably go off at this time. We just happened to walk by and it was going off. That one was kind of interesting because it had a lot of different little uh, fumaroles around it and things like that that are um, 
little tiny geysers as part of it that were going off. And the rock feature that it comes out of is really interesting looking. So we sat and enjoyed that one too. And we walked all through. Um, there are several other big geysers in the area, but we didn't get to see those going off. And then we finished at Obsidian Grill, like I mentioned earlier, kind of on, later in the evening. And had a good meal there, but a long wait. And then uh, we had a much-deserved rest at the end of the day. It was a hot day. Uh, the one thing I will, as far as tips, if you're going to the geyser area specifically, because of the nature of geysers and how um, the geothermal area is, there are no trees except like around the edges of the geothermal area. So there's no shade. And if it's a hot day, you should definitely plan on wearing a hat, um, dressing coolly, and um, wear sunscreen, that kind of stuff. We definitely needed hats. It was the sun beating down on your head was pretty intense for the for the time we were there. And the very few bits of shade there are, there are usually tons of people there um, grabbing that shade. The other thing that's nice is there is quite a bit of wildlife. So at various times in this area, we saw bison and we saw elk and deer. And, it, you know, we basically they wander in and out of the, the area like it's nothing. So, you, you know, we saw, we would every once in a while see a bison just hanging out by a, by a pool or by a, by a geyser, but they obviously kind of figured out when they're erupting to get away. So just a good place to spot wildlife. We heard from someone that they once saw a bear in the area, but we never, we didn't see a bear. We didn't see a grizzly bear at all in Yellowstone. We saw one black bear, but it was in a different part of the park. So no, nothing along those lines. I am splitting up our time in Yellowstone because we were there for almost five days and that way I can spend a little more time on the different areas. So the next episode will be a little bit about Canyon of the Yellowstone and talking a little bit about that and we'll continue on from there with some of the other things we saw. Thanks for joining me today and I hope you found this interesting and it helps you with planning your trip and of course I wish you happy travels.